ready to go? Hey everybody, my name is Andy Stinson. Uh, it is August 8th at Primary New Church Assembly and the title of my talk is The Divine Human and the Problem of Duality. Um, we'll see if I actually talk about the divine human or the problem of duality uh, as I've worked, as, as I've massaged this a number of times. But the, uh, you know, about three years ago, I had Lyme disease. Um, and it had been about nine months before I was diagnosed, and so I not only had Lyme disease, but I had what, what the Centers for Disease Control says doesn't exist, chronic Lyme, that, that seemed to linger for a while. And it took, and I kind of, as a lot of people do with that, kind of embarked on, on trying to, trying to heal, trying to figure out some different ways, and, and I will spare you all of that. Uh, nobody wants to hear that story. Uh, but it, it, it was um, this interesting experience of kind of living with this, um, this uh, for a guy who's been fairly healthy most of his life, uh, to begin to live with this, this limitation and this debility, like to, 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 to deal with the swelling of joints, to deal with this. And it, and it began to kind of kick me down this path of thinking uh, about the, our, our relationship both in, to, to spirit and body, the, this relationship between the natural and the spiritual. Because you know, the guy I was inside was not, was, was not at all different. And I, I have a good Baptist friend of mine that says you know, he, is, he, is, uh, he is convinced of the reality of the eternal life because he looks in the mirror in the morning and he looks at the guy in the mirror and he's an older guy and he says, that's not me. Like I know how I feel, I know who, who and what I am and I look in the mirror at the body that it begins to kind of decay like an old Ford, um, that, that, that it's like, that's not me. And so there's this, there's this inherent duality that gets set up. Swedenborg talks a lot about this, the duality of, of, of the good and the bad, like the good that all comes from the Lord, and the bad that, that, that the, the evil of the body in this way. And so there's this duality that seems to be set up. But it began, I, I began to, to have problems with that as, as I was starting to work through, uh, through kind of some of my disease issues. Out of, and then on top of that, um, last Christmas, I was given um, what is called the 23andMe DNA uh, thing. If you've never done it, it's a hoot. I, I highly encourage you, go find out your DNA. Because not only is it about ancestry, but then you take that data and you can plug it in and there's about 60,000 different studies that you can run that data through that will tell you uh, of just predispositions in terms of your genetic makeup and how these genes begin to, to work out on us. You know, and one of the things I discovered is I have the, I have the, the gene for Alzheimer's disease, which 80% which of all people who have Alzheimer's disease have this gene. So if you have this gene, you're, you, you, have, you, you have something to consider. I, you know, the upside is I also have the gene for longevity, which means, uh, which means I'll, I'll live a long time and I'll meet lots of new people because I won't remember anybody. Um, so, uh, and so that, that began to kind of deepen this journey um, into looking at this term called the divine human. Because you don't find that, it, um, it, because this, because what, what starts to, and this is really new research in terms of the genetics of this sort of stuff, is what, it, in, in, in having mapped the genome, what they're starting to, fig what they figured out is that, that um, our genetics are not destiny, and they are, and there are these amazing kind of things that we can do in terms of what what genes end up getting expressed over time. 
Um, for instance, if you take up a meditative practice and you meditate uh, um, uh, uh, 10 to 20 minutes a day at least, if you do more than that, but if you have a, a which, you know, oh, by the way, Swedenborg, the single biggest prayer and meditator on the planet. Like, I mean, he's, he's pro, I mean, you, you have a real, like our, if, you know, the fact that our tradition, uh, you know, doesn't embrace this, the practice of prayer and meditation and, and spiritual and, and centering meditation more um, is an interesting thought because of the fact that um, all of Swedenborg's revelation comes out of his meditating practice. That's how he gets. How he gets. That's how he gets going. But the 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 genetic um, component of this is, if you meditate for 20 minutes a day, what they what they're discovering is there are 500 genes, all of them healthy, that begin to express themselves the after 20 minutes of meditation. This um, is what kind of, and it was this kind of this this circuitous route of kind of looking to begin to, to move toward health. Um, and from that, I started to make some dietary changes, and those changes like have, have changed, um, have also changed my health, changed the way that I feel, changed different things. All of this is the point of, of getting to the fact that I, I, I came up hard against what I will call, uh, you know, the, the, what it is known as kind of the material, the material rational mindset. And, and I'm going to suggest to you that, that if we really seriously unpack this term, and, I, and I'm going to talk more about this, so this is all just a teaser to, 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 to get you with me here. Uh, but but that, that if, uh, if we think about it, really taking this seriously, um, we all have a real challenge with the material rational mindset. Um, uh, both because our, our, from our education system, from our, uh, our health system, from, uh, from the way that we move through the world and the way we think about ourselves and our bodies, it, there, is, there is a radical difference um, uh, about the, what we have been handed culturally and what we, and what the way that, that our, our, physic, our physical selves and our, our body selves and our spiritual selves actually interact, and and none of this is outside of. I mean, this is this is all actually really basic and core, and in, in within within the doc, within the doctrines of of, of Swedenborg that that um, you know my my favorite Swedenborgian collateral of all times, Discrete Degrees by N. C. Burnham. I mean, plays this lays this out very clearly that this is a a flow state where you know um, you know the the great theologian um, Height from Harvard said, "You know, the, the number one thing that is most uh, that is most radical about Swedenborgian thought is not the way it reads Scripture, is not all these things, but he suggested it is the the notion of influx, the notion of the divine flowing into the very matrix of creation, all down to the physical." down to the physical incarnation of being. That is actually the single most radical statement of Swedenborg because it rearranges a world that it, it flies in the face of Descartes, it flies in the face of every material rationalist that you encounter, it flies in the face of every other way in which the, the world had been organized prior to that statement. And, and, and as we, and, and it continues to be validated more and more as, as uh, as science begins to press on in other ways. All of this is to get to this term of the divine human. Now, this is, uh, this is another term that is uniquely Swedenborg. He, 
He is struggling to figure out a way to talk about Jesus in the human condition. And so he talks about the divine human. And if you go to, to you know, if you look up how many occurrences uh, are, there are in, 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 of, of this phrase, the divine human, within Swinburne's writings, there are hundreds and hundreds. He, he comes back to it again and again. And he says this is actually the, the single most important thing. Um, i give you an example. He talks about it in uh, Heaven and Hell 534, where he tells the story of this great way that leads to, uh, that leads to this in, from the spiritual world into the, the more eternal realms. And he says, and he said, good people and evil people are equally sharing the road. They're on the road, they're, play, they're having fun, they're talking with each other, they're having a nice time, and they get to this one point in the road, and there are, and, and people who are, who are essentially bound for heaven end up seeing this big boulder in the road, and they, and they kind of go around it, and they go off, up, uh, up into, what he says, up into the left. So they actually, where they were perching north, they actually go to the west and to the south. And then, so this, in, in, and so, and then, um, but those who are, those who he said that are essentially bound for hell, that are caught up in their own, in their own hellish loves, he says, don't see the boulder, and they trip over it, and in tripping over it, it makes them scared, and they run further. They run headlong down the path toward hell. And the boulder, the boulder is called this. And this is Swedenborg's words from uh, George Dola's translation of Heaven and Hell. In the highest sense, this stone, this boulder, meant the Lord's divine human nature. However, people who acknowledge the divine truth and the divine nature of the Lord. That, that he says that this whole notion of the divine human is actually so central to our understanding of, uh, of um, that it's literally the thing between heaven and hell. Now, I used to understand that. Uh, and I, so I'm going to give you a little, I mean, you're going to be really bored with my inner life by the time we're done. And it's only going to be a half an hour because it's, it's not a lot there. So, uh, but, <laughs> just, you know, full disclosure. Uh, the, the, that we, uh, when we, that the, uh, that, that really I used to kind of understand this in the sense, and I don't think it's necessarily invalid, but I think it was incomplete. I used to understand it in the sense of the way that, the way that Hindus talk about kind of the prayer namaste, when they, when we're greeted by namaste. Namaste means the God in me salutes the God in you. The, the divine in me salutes the divine in you. That's kind of the, the rough translation of that. And it's to, to kind of say this, to kind of have this, this understanding that there is, there is, you know, that there is, um, in, in that in order to kind of find your one's way into the heavenly life, what we we must look at the other, the other, we must look at another human being, and somewhere in that human being able to be able to find the face of God, to be able to find the the Creator, to be able to find, uh, to find their their validity as a divine cre- as a creature made made of divine stuff in the same way that we are a creature made in divine stuff. That, that, that's what I really started to, to hold, started with that. Um, and I don't think that's untrue, but I actually think it's really incomplete in terms of what, uh, because of what, what, um, what, what Swedenborg is driving at when he says that, that the divine human, and the, the divine human is the description Swedenborg uses uh, to describe Jesus at the resurrection. 
um, that 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 this is the person that that he both fully human, fully divine. Now that's not radical within Christian thought. Because clearly, that is. I mean, it's in the creeds. Um, if you so, there's that's not a, you know fully man, fully God. That is that is a creedal statement. However. What's, the way Swedenborg is unpacking this is not, there's actually nothing creedal about it. What he's suggesting is, that, and the same way that Burnham suggests, that Burnham says this, this, is, a layer, this is a layer cake. And in through, that, in through these layers uh, are come the, divine, the, the inflow of divine love and divine wisdom. And that it continues to flow in and continues to flow in right down to the physical body that our physical bodies are not this kind of separated duality where I have a body and I have a spirit and if I'm lucky I'll just get the hell out of here without my body being too battered before I have to get up. Sorry for the words, but it really but it but it has that kind of urgency for us sometimes. This this like we we just have to like make sure we hold this thing together just to get across the finish line and get into the great by and by and then everything will be great. And, and quite the opposite of the incarnational way that Jesus and that Swedenborg are talking, are, are talking about the divine human, about this notion of coming, of fully inhabiting one's body. And I want to come back to that, fully inhabiting one's body. And that through that, all of those finite things that are in our body end up, end up being, be, finding their way towards sanctification. You know, that, that doesn't mean that everything, everything in our body is good. It doesn't mean that everything in our body is right. There's a lot of things that will take us in a lot of bad directions or a lot of good directions. But there is a wisdom and a knowing within our physical reality, which is beyond um, um, simply the material, rational worldview. And it's um, um, another story that... And, and this, is such a, this is such a huge deal to Swedenborg. Because he talked... Um, in TCR 111, he ta- tells us it's a seven-page story about about showing up in the in the spiritual world and meeting all of these different clergy and different representations from all over the the, the Christian world. He meets evangelicals. He meets uh, Catholics. He meets he meets Lutherans. And the challenge is that he keeps poking them with, which is, this is one of my favorite things about Swedenborg, is that he kind of wanders around the spiritual world just poking at people, which, you know, like, if you need a hobby, that's really a pretty good one, I like it. Um, but he kind of, and he, and he says, look, I want you to say these words. I want you to say the divine human. That's, I want you to say the words divine human. And they can't do it. And, and, the, and he's talking about in the spiritual world because of the fact that the ability to be duplicitous has been removed, so they can't just like they're, they're, the the ability to be hypocritical is kind of that's kind of the first thing that gets removed for us, and so they're in this place of just what people really you know they can kind of only say what they really believe, and there's all of these like like um, again and again and again over seven pages he's kind of describing these different spirits trying to say. And they can't physically say it because, and, and this is, I, I, I know it sounds, it sounds silly in a way, but it has such deep implications because, because look, this body that we inhabit, this is, we inhabit is not just a body we inhabit. This is not just a meat suit. 
that we're somehow looking for the zipper to actually just get out of this thing and go do our thing. I mean that is that's I mean that is that's early Gnosticism. That's that's a, that, and there's and there's been a lot of the, the church that has embraced that over time, and it is and I believe it is actually what we find constantly perpetrated upon us in terms of the whole idea of the, mater of the material rational worldview, which says, you know, we're a bag of protoplasm with an urge to procreate, and really there's not much more going on beyond that. And like that, and that, and that's, and within those processes, and within the chemical processes that are going on, pretty much, and, and the evolutionary instinct, all kind of reality can be, uh, can be understood. We are, uh, we are called, uh, and this, this has been more and more of where we've, and, and I appreciate George's lecture coming off of that because, you know, that, that, that you know, the, 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 the whole matrix that we begin with and we start with is that in this life, the best we ever get is the celestial of the natural in that regard. Like the best we ever get is really not even the jumping off point for kind of the, the, the spiritual world. And what, but what that signifies to me is the fact that what we're, the, the larger call and the larger invitation is that we are to allow these things, to these things, love and wisdom, to inhabit our very bodies, to, to make up the very cells and sinew and, and fingernails and nose hairs of our existence, that those, those have in them. And this is, this is not completely unique to the new church in the sense that the, the Orthodox Church carries um, a, part of this, a, a part of this belief as well. Um, there, there's, a, there's a strain within the Orthodox Church that, that, that has held some of this over time. But between Plato and the job that Plato did in terms of offering us dualism, um, in terms of that, that, um, that we really have some deep and powerful um, unlearning to do around what we know about bodies and about how they, how they, how we're called to, how they're really called to be our furthest extension of the expression of the divine. I mean, think about that. They're really called to be the furthest expression of the divine. Our physical selves. You know, I spent most of my life, you know, treating my body like a tent. Not even like, no, I mean, we don't even talk about a temple. Like most of the time, you know, that, that there's this, and we, but we think about that, you know, that, that even scripture that tells us, you know, the body is a temple. It is this place, it, it is not just, but it's not just this place of a temple that it, that has these kind of ramp, this rambling ghost around inside of it that's going to go rattle the windows. But it's the sense that it is truly built of the stuff of our divine nature. That it is that is the, it is truly the the incarnation of that. You know, one one of my favorite Swedenborg stories. And I, I wonder how many people know this one because I always love throwing this one out in terms of Swedenborg trivia. But did you know that when Swedenborg was in his 80s, I believe, late 70s or 80s, he grew a new set of teeth? How many people knew that? 
Anybody know that? No, this is a real thing. This happens to people that like that. Well, you get it. You get um, it's kind of there's there's a whole like you can look it up. It's a real thing. I know I can hear the Google going right now. But it's a real thing. There's there community people who actually regrow teeth after they lose their teeth from from age, and they they, they that it, it becomes uh, they become kind of regenerative. It's and, it, and it's like the same way a, a frog loses its tail and will grow a new tail. It's it's a it's a vestigial um, thing that actually happens for some people. And for Sweetborg, it happened. He actually regrew um, a, a set of teeth. And I, and I think about that as like, for a guy we hold up that, that was in connection with the spiritual world for 30 however many years, and that, that the way in which his, you know, that, that his physical body had, in, had within it these kind of generative properties. Um, and, and, I, and so I, I think, um, you know, and so I, I think there's all these little hints out there and these little signposts that are pointing us towards uh, just the deeper realities of our, of our being and our existence. And, and so, you know, I, I, and I've been, I've been uh, reading and, and studying a lot of a guy by the name of uh, Dr. Gabor Mate. He spent, uh, um, I, and I really love his stuff because he, his, uh, his, his, um, his probably his, his most known book is a book called when the body says no, and it's about um, and and uh, and he talks about um, these stories um, and these encounters where he says that that there are adaptive behaviors that people will take up, and so because they're adaptive behaviors, he's not necessarily you know blaming people for getting disease as a result of because these are just adaptive behaviors they've learned over time, um, but uh, he he says that there are that that actually will get to the point um, where they will create disease process in the body. And that, that disease process will emerge out of particular behaviors. I mean, if we think about what I said before, that if you sit down for 20 minutes of meditation, there are 500 genes in your body that will begin to express themselves, that wouldn't other, other, otherwise express themselves. What does that mean in terms of the, the you know, you know, I mean, we talk about mind-body connection, but this, 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 this is not about uh, uh, this, this desperate thing over here and that disparate thing over there, and them somehow being, uh, being separate. And there's maybe this little thread that connects the mind and the body. I mean, that's kind of what we imagine, but actually, much more like the layer cake upon which, upon which the divine inflow requires the the body to respond. Um, you know, new new research is showing that that um, that depression may have its origin in the gut more than um, more than have its origin um, in the you know between our ears. That there's these deep functions of biology that are and that they and they're not and again they're not original they they're not originating things, but they are uh, but they are sanctifying things. And so this. Um, and so um, Gabor Mate tells a story, and it's, the, it's about a woman he calls Rachel. And Rachel ends up, uh, Rachel is, uh, is supposed to have an appointment with him, and she can't make it, and she, and, um, and she ends up, or, or, and is rushing to get dinner done by 5 o'clock, um, because it is uh, Rosh Hashanah, and uh, her family is showing up at 5, her brother is showing up at 5 o'clock, and her brother hates her. 
And so what she has to, what, what Rachel does is she would go over and she would make dinner for her entire family and, and she would leave before her brother showed up at five o'clock and, 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 and she would depart. Uh, Rachel never got the meal completed because her body um, began to inflame in ways that were that that were just unprecedented almost immediately that that she began that that quite literally her, her elbows her knees everything began she ended up in the emergency room with with uh, uh, with Dr. Mate and and it, and he and he's he's looking at her and he's saying and and lit quite literally it is this case where her physical being said no that 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 she had that that her that she was being so compromised by this situation of her of her uh, of you know the 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 acrimony between her and her brother and her family that they would be having this nice meal that she prepared um, because she believed that you know when 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 Dr. Mate asked her what why did you do this she said well I think family should be together in the holidays. It's like, but you're not going to be there. They're not even going to let you be there. In this complete self-abnegating way, a, a completely against the greater truth that was in her, in her body, in her gut, in her, in her wider being, um, you know, I, I think we can probably pretty well say that God did not whisper her into being for her to be, kind of, to be, a, to be hurt and abused in such a way. And at, the, at this point, her body quite literally said no. And that um, she had this massive attack of inflammation um, and, and could not complete the meal. Um, you know, it, it, this all might sound pretty basic in terms of the, the mind-body connection idea, all that sort of stuff. But, I, and I, I want to kind of wrap up on this, is that I think the implications of it are profound. Uh, I don't think Swedenborg would spend as much time as he does talking about the divine human, again and again and again, um, and talking about the radical way that changes our notion of duality, that there isn't a duality, that our physical selves are the furthest and fullest expression of our spiritual selves. Now that doesn't, that, that, I, and I understand, now we're bordering on, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, where we're, you know, uh, Paging, you know, paging Dr. Eddy, paging Dr. Mary Baker Eddy. I mean, I understand we're we're bordering we're bordering on you know the kind of the the Christian Science no, notion, and yet there are truths within that. Now there there's you know it takes a lot to do that. It takes a lot for it for the for the for the the the, the love which we carry, the truth in which we know to fully inhabit our body. But there are cases where. And this is well documented. There are cases of multiple personality disorder, where um, people, one personality, will have full-blown diabetes, will need to check sugars, will go into diabetic shock if not maintained. And if another personality presents itself, it will completely, will, that person will no longer have diabetes, and it's, un, and it's unrecognizable as as uh, as a diabetic in any form. This is the whisper. This is the this is the point that I think Jesus is talking about when he's talking about us of, of being fully God and fully man. That we too are invited into this space 
Now are we to become gods? No. But we are to become the fullest manifestation in our physical selves of what that looks of of our um, uh, and that and that of our being, and that there is not a duality at work here, but there is a fuller and greater expression again and again and again. And I think if we, I, I think the the radical notion of embracing this um, uh, this in 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 our walk. In the way that we move um, and the way we we understand ourselves um, is a it has powerful implications for everything in our lives. And and I'm you know I'm still working through this and I'm still working on it. But for me, this this you know re reimagining and re coming are coming back again to this notion of the divine human, of the divine fully present in human body. Fully present in the in in the in the eyelashes and the, the fingernails, fully present. That um, that that is the template that Jesus set up for us, and so it is a template that we are invited into. Um, and so that's uh, so that's kind of the the extent of of my journeying um, uh, around this, and I, I welcome any questions. One thing that comes to me is the idea of, uh, and I'm wondering if this is working useful, is that the spiritual body within the natural body. And I think of this as something with, with someone who's like lost a limb, and they still feel that limb. Sure. But it's not physically there, mm-hmm. but it is there. Right. Because it's part of that, that sort of invisible spiritual body that, that we will then come into when we will get to this. Right. And the, the great, and the great, you know, the great kind of. Uh, sermon illustration that I think every Swedenborgian clergy has quoted. If they haven't, they should. Um, is you know that is the great just the, the story of our biology anyway. Is that about every seven years that that every atom in our body is replaced. That every that 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 seven years ago I I not only was I not the man I was now, but I was actually quite literally physically not the man I was now. That there was there is no matter that made up who Andy Stinson was seven years ago to who Andy Stinson is now. And so there, you know, there's been matter that's coming in, there's been matter that's going out, but there has been but the, that basic idea that, that um, the matrix of who I am, and when I say matrix, I mean kind of the, the information, the, the, information of, um, the, the form that I am, the, the, the instance that I am has, uh, is, is still somewhat recognizable. You know, it's uh, it's somewhat consistent. It hasn't radically changed, um, and which tells me there is, in fact, information that that matter is falling in on, and so that and, and I think that's a beautiful, I mean, that's just a great illustration of that of the of of a great point of that is to say that 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 there is a way in which our physical selves are um, continuing to embody that spiritual that spiritual body. And I think there's an invitation for us to do that in our practice, I guess, is part of my deeper thing. It's like, for a long time, that was more something that I felt like we needed to ignore. But um, but it's not, you know, it, there's no small, you know, it, you know, we do hold up a, a, a guy whose first encounter with the divine tells him not to eat so much. I mean, that's, that's, that, that's Swedenborg's first vision is, 
you know, Jesus comes to him in all his glory and says, Emmanuel, don't eat so much. It's, it's, it's messy. And it's, it's messing with your ability to be into that, in that full connection with the divine from the celestial to the natural, to the, to the celestial to the spiritual to the natural, on into the, in the sense. Um, but it's not just about kind of getting the roadblocks out of the way. It is, I think it is really about embracing the, the notion of this being, of our physical selves being an expression of that, uh, of that love and that wisdom that we carry. So, thank you. That's, um, other questions, thoughts? recipient vessel <laughs> uh, but really means an instrument prepared to receive influx that's the other thing that um, I heard Andy bringing up is in beautiful idea of influx an instrument from which we're designed to receive from within and outside so sitting here hearing you seeing you is a form of indirect, I believe it's called, influx. So I hear your words and ideas comes from without. That takes ears and eyes and you know the ability to sit long enough to absorb what you're saying. And this is all respect that Swedenborg gives and you've done um, directly in your own way and I'm doing in reflection of great respect for the, for the physical human body as an instrument by which we um, inhabit and move through this beautiful world. Um, so I'll, I'll leave it like that mm -hmm. um, uh, in terms of uh, expressing, which we're doing, you've done, and we express ourselves and then we, we receive the, met, the words of, of others. So it's a, a giving and a taking. And he's very clear, absolutely, this is the natural world, which in some ways means the social world of people, other people, who also have physical physical bodies, yeah. and uh, uh, that's <coughs> the purpose of why we have them, and it's a wonderful thing. So I just wanted to offer that, and, and thank you. I remember always being, as I read the writings, thinking of our bodies. We shouldn't play take us in the wrong direction, to keep us from rational thinking. And um, so I appreciate the fact that the writings talk about your body as a temple and to take care of it and to um, 
and also the fact that the grand man is in the, is in the shape of and uses working throughout everybody doing their their right thing in the right order uh, is like your body and I always believed in a kind of a holistic approach to taking care of your body not to abuse one thing for the sacrifice of another sort of I don't know whether other people sort of believe in that or not, but you know, not to damage your liver because you're fixing something else. To to have a sort of a balanced approach to how you treat your temple. And so I appreciate the relationship between the human body and um, how you take care of it on this earth. Um, I know my dentist has a thing. It says. Only brush the, only take care of the teeth you want to keep, or something. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, I like I like the idea that take care of your your temple and to its relationship to the divine. I just want to um, add, and this reflects back on one lecture, but the idea that we are human bodies, and that's how we physically love one another. And the hug of those two little girls, that, that's the expression of love through the body. When we look in each other's eyes, we see each other, and we, we feel that connection. And I had a real epiphany about the, this in relationship to how we as a creation connect with God through our bodies. And it was, um, it was an experience of, I had lost a friend um, to AIDS, and was grieving, and I had a small child, and I took my son, and Locked him in the sandbox, and I was just watching him play. And I was just saying, God, why did you bother? Why did you create us if we're going to lose one another? Why do you bring us all this pain? And he was digging in the sand with his hand, and he was making a tunnel. And then he took his other hand, and he was making a tunnel going towards his hand. And when he found his hands under there, he laughed hysterically because he couldn't believe he found himself. And, I, and it just came to me that. God is finding God's self through us connecting with one another and connecting with ourselves and knowing that we have this divine nature within us. Mm. Also that God has a sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I and and I, I just I appreciate those both those comments and I just you know, I just on the temple thing, I really like you know, I, I mean, I've, I've kind of been inculcated with that that notion as well, and, and you know, in ways, and um, uh, but I, I, you know, the the, the 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 thing I struggle with that is, and I think this is a language thing of where we've ended up, is that um, you know, the temple is kind of this, um, you know, kind of very static, very in, inanimate, very kind of like, well, the temple is just going to be and do what it does, versus. Um, you know, uh, to think about more the living cathedral, the more the, the notion of, of that this, this thing is going to move and change and be built and constructed and transformed by that which, by what inhabits it. And, it, and, the, <coughs> and the expression of that is going to carry a lot more, uh, you know, depth. And, and, you know, I mean, it's like your image, that, that, it, that, that image of kind of the, the hands coming together and the kind of the glee that that, you know, it's 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 living thing finding living thing. You know, I mean, it's it's life finding life in that regard. And so it is this it is this uh, um, you know this this deep incarnational notion, deep incarnation. Uh, and uh, you know that's why I keep talking about like toenails and 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 nose hairs because this really is about 
of uh, uh, the, the invitation of the divine human, which nobody else has this phrase, by the way. We're at, like, this is, this is a uniquely notion of, of, this, of Swedenborg's uh, idea in that, that, that this deep indwelling of the divine in our very physical selves um, uh, is, a, uh, um, is not just something that might happen, but, uh, but will happen over the course of a living life and, and um, invites us, I think, to a, real, to a much deeper ride than we've necessarily are giving it credit for. where you were just now, but uh, Carol said the sins of anger, selfishness, gluttony, lust, and hate make those of us in recovery sick. And when we turn away from God, then we're more likely to get sicker. Would you not say that turning away from God and toward the sin would express itself in the physical body? Yeah, I mean, I think there's lots of good, I, I think there's lots of good evidence in that. You know, I mean, you know, we, we, we tend to think about, you know, and I, I mean, I, one of the things I love about Swedenborg is that, he, that he's willing to, he's probably the only theologian I've ever read that really is also willing to talk about the pleasures of hell. Um, you know, I mean, the suggestion of heaven and hell, both as, um, as the idea that nobody thinks they're in hell. I mean, that, there's, a, there's a great abundance of, of compassion in that. Um, and that the idea that this, that which is um, that which is sinful is sinful mostly because it hurts and it and it closes our world off versus opening our world and so that and and so I think there's something profound in that in terms of the things that you know I mean again even going back to Swedenborg's original vision of you know. Uh, you know, Emmanuel, don't eat so much. The idea that, that that was the thing that was blocking the ability of the divine inflow into his physical being, it, it, the deeper insights that were to come. I, I think that it's the same. It, it is, I mean, I don't think that is any different than, um, and I think if you look at the, you know, you look at the tools of recovery, you look at, you look at the 12-step movement, um, a lot of what that is doing is, in fact, creating a, a space in the temple. Um, by um, creating, a, a changing a physical way in which to be, and I think so. I think there's there's uh, there's um, there's a lot of validity in that, I, you know. And as the I mean, the other thing is is and um, and, and this Gabramate talks a lot about this too, and I, I really like it is that that I think there's there's a real that, you know, um, and this is where I think kind of Christian Science and Mary Baker already fall down is the idea that. Um, you know, it, and and thus and so then, because you're sick, you are then to blame for that. I mean, that was good Calvinism. That was good Mary Baker Eddy. That was good. There's a lot of people who kind of set that dynamic up, which is and and the fact that um, and what Mate says, and I think what you can and I think Swedenborg would kind of back this up is the sense that look, these are adaptive behaviors. These are not. These are not behaviors that you, what anybody consciously set out. These are a part of our inheritance, both through our biology and both through our, our uh, the way we've been socialized, and that those adaptive behaviors are the things in which we, through the process of regeneration, are being lifted out of, um, and that, that we're being invited into the, the greater awareness of that. And so that it's not about, I think that, um, you know, and, and coming back to where George started today, it's like, this isn't, you know, this is there. There is one savior, and we're not it, and we don't have to act like it. But it is about the steady and small progress of, of the point of of the points of light along the path that we can inculcate to ourselves that will actually come to even be lived out in our bodies. So. Uh, 
I'm reminded of the fact we all need hearers. Uh, and, and the Lord is my hero. I mean, to think about the fact that he took on our human body, uh, yet with his soul, and with that soul working, it put off that which he inherited from the human. That's a dynamic which inspires me to listen to my soul, which it says at the moment of conception, the Lord flows in and forms our soul and abides there. So I'm carrying in my soul part of the Lord, and he's inspired me to put off the human. So I like the term, even though they appear to be divine and human, they don't appear to be work, but it reminds me, let the soul where the Lord resides in me help me put off those human tendencies. So it's a wonderful topic. This is, yeah. this is actually George. This is from George's translation. George is the only guy who puts a hyphen in it, uh, George Dole. Uh, and I actually like the hyphen in it because it actually, when you put the hyphen in it, it actually makes it one term. It's not the divine, divine slash human. It's actually the divine human. So that it is this, it is this term. I mean, that, that's, I think that's what he was going for. I don't want to speak for George. Like that's, that's going to get me out of here fast. Um, but I, I think that that, that notion of, of that this is, this is one full expression. Like it is the, this, you know, that the incarnation is one full expression of the divine. It's, 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 Jehovah God fully expressed in the physical realm, and it's so the, this notion that our invitation too is into that fuller expression of the divine into our very physical selves, I think is a powerful one. Thank you. Yeah. I've actually got two more from Facebook screens of different people. Okay. Isn't this exciting? It is exciting. One's a comment and one's kind of a question, so I'll start with the comment. Um, Jonathan Crow says, I recently read an article in another book. These bacteria in our gut are <coughs> a wide and term used to promote metabolism in our brain. From Erica Sonnenberg, a PhD on a microbiota researcher at Stanford Medical School. And I think if you have allergies, asthma, weight issues, diabetes, and even depression, and anxiety, it can mean that your gut is not in optimal state. Sonnenberg speculates that we are only as healthy as our bacteria. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, right. There's been, I mean, I, I actually, that, that's. If I was actually, I was going to try to spare you some of the story, but you get all the story. Is that six years ago, I, that actually I ended up with an infection, and I ended up with a series of a course of infections, and that um, led me to six rounds of antibiotics in eight in eight months, all kinds of different flavors. So by the time I was done, I really couldn't eat anything because there was really no, I had no gut biome left, and I had to go kind of. I actually did a deep dive into that world of like learning about the gut biome and kind of what that brings to the end. And I, it's interesting, um, you know, Gabor Mate talks a lot about the immune response too as well in, in the sense that, you know, that, that if our, you know, he talks about like if our psychosocial immune response it doesn't hold up like the woman Rachel he talk, tells about, that eventually our biological immune system will in fact step in and say, enough, stop the insanity. Like that, that there's that in, in an often, and often, and this is actually, I think, homeopathy often gets its gets its home, takes its roots out of this notion, um, in the sense that when it, it, its motto being like cures like, and the idea that in our symptomology, 
there is something, there is, there, is, there is cure, because our symptoms are actually trying to tell us something about what's going on with us, bi- what's going on with us spiritually, and what's going on with us biologically. So, um, and yeah, the, the gut biome's a huge piece of that. And I, I totally, like I know that, can you imagine something more exciting to go read about? I mean, I know. But I, I really do encourage you, I mean, to dig into it. It, it is, because um, it's really changed, it, it, it particularly changed my life in terms of my understanding of that as well. And it is, um, and, it, it's, um, and I'd be happy to talk about that offline if you want to know more about that. Uh, just one more, I know we're running out of time, but um, this is for Karen Marcini. He says, Andy, can you say more about the purpose of the meditative state from the Swedenborg's perspective? Not so much about what one should meditate on, but the result of the experience. Uh, well, the result, I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> well, the, 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 um, I think there's a lot of ways I can come at this, but I'll come at it from this point of saying, you know, we have, Swedenborg maps out the, our inner life in a, the basic way of we have the external and we have the internal mind. That, which is kind of like, this is, the external is what, what I'm saying to you right now. Maybe I believe it, maybe I don't, you'll never know. Uh-huh. Uh, but you know, that, that I can, we can be duplicitous, we can lie to people and not mean it, we can be hypocrites, that we have this external, we have this external facade we can put out to the world, and we have our internal selves. Now, um, in, in pretty much every great meditative tradition, part of the, the goal is, is to really get um, um, quiet the external mind. And so that the so that we can so that the in, inner mind can actually rise up, that it can actually and it can actually take the helm for a little while, and that in doing that we get in touch with what not what we want, what we what we call true, like oh it's true it's raining out, but it's not what we call true, but we get but we get in touch with our inner truths. Um, I'll give you the, the, I'll give you this final example this this example. Um, and, and as a, uh, this also from uh, Gabramate's work, uh, there was a study done where uh, women who were in, ha- in ha- unhappy mar- marriages, um, women who were in unhappy marriages, who did not express that to anyone, um, were four times more likely to die, above all cause mortality, four times more likely to die than women who who express who are in unhappy marriages, but actually express that to someone. Who actually all they did was speak the fact that my husband's allowed, and which, like you know, now that I'm a husband, yeah, I'm allowed. Um, you know that that uh, the the um, that that reality, that just the expression of that, um, uh, uh, reduces all cause mortality by four times to women that do not. That when we talk about the, the deeper meditative state, it, it, it puts us in touch with a deeper, with our deeper truth, with our deeper knowing, with our inner mind versus our external mind. Because our external mind can be, you know, I don't know about your external mind, but mine's really busy. Like at three in the morning, like my external mind is going some crazy places. Like it, it's 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 con- it's it's, uh, it's it's constantly kind of spinning stuff off um, with the little squirrel on the wheel. Um, and, the, and the meditative process is about deepening that to get in touch with our inner mind, which is the which is the place that all of this kind of flows from, flows from all all of our goodness, all of our all of our, our deeper led truth is flows from that. So I think we're at time. So thank you very much, everybody.